Well, Carl Wilson joins us right now. He's the father of Canadian soldier trooper Mark Andrew Wilson, who, of course, was killed in Afghanistan. And, Carl, thank you for your patience. How was your day? How was your Remembrance Day today? Uh, pretty hectic. Uh, we attended, of course, a ceremony this morning as my wife is still across mother for London. Uh, and it was a nice warm day. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a wonderful ceremony. And, and I think... Uh, then we go to Parkwood Veterans Hospital after, and I just got back from there now, and it's a, a great time there with the vets who were at that particular institute. So it's been busy. Uh, I, when doing a little bit of reading about your son, Mark, realized that Mark and I are the same age. Wow. 1966, baby. Okay. I know that date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, you know, that's always a little strange uh, because you think, oh, my goodness. Now, Mark joined the forces a little later in life. Is that right? Yes, he, yes, he did. Uh, I guess Mark was about 36. And uh, when the towers went down, uh, our lives start to crumble because he said, Dad, I'm joining. And that was the end of that. <clears throat> so he joined, it. he joined as an older man compared to kids, you know, 20 years old of that. But... Uh, he loved it, and um, he survived, and they called him the old man because he was so competitive, and nobody was able to beat him in the training. So uh, he had a great career, a short career, but a great one. What What was the year that, that you lost, Mark? It was what? Uh, October of uh, 2006. 2006, okay. Yeah. So October 7th, 2006, Mark was manning... The gun of, of an RG-31, is that right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, usually he was the gunner or, or the driver for his major. And um, at about 4.30 in the morning, anyway, they needed volunteers. None of the guys wanted to go out. And, of course, he was just antsy all the time to get going. So he pleaded with Major Lucy. He said, come on, but please let me go. So he went out to pick up some RCR snipers. And, uh, of course, the rest is history. And he was in uh, province of Kandahar, I think. Is that yes. right? Yeah. And his, ve yes. his vehicle was hit by an IED, and, yes. and Mark was killed instantly. That's right. Mm -hmm. How did you get the news? Well, I'll tell you. If, if, if you let me go on for about two minutes, I'll tell you probably it was the hardest day of my life. Um, we always went to Buckhorn, Ontario. Uh, fishing muskie and in the summer we had a cottage that we rent up there but anyway our tradition has always been to go up there for thanksgiving and that's where i was uh the day before we got the news i, I remember on thursday the 6th october mark saying in an email have a great time fishing dad geez i hope you catch a muskie love you mark well it was uh the next day in the morning my brother and i were there and the ladies were going to the Buckhorn Arts Festival uh, with some nieces and my daughter. And at 10 o'clock, uh, my world changed. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I remember the news, news coming on, and, you know, it was like yesterday. Another Canadian soldier died in Afghanistan. He was in Anayala, and I, and I froze. I said nothing. I can honestly tell you that it was a, a chilling moment in my life. And and I thought of Mark, uh, him with tears in his eyes just a few days before because he'd lost his two close buddies uh, who died. And uh, I, I remember seeing pictures of Mark later at the ramp ceremony. With I've never seen him that sad in my life. 
But anyway, um, when I heard that Nyala was in an accident, I just looked at my brother-in-law and just froze. And Pete looked at me, and I think we were thinking the same thing. And it was just seconds later that the phone rang, and uh, we looked at each other, and my brother-in-law says, Carl, you're closer. You answer it. So a hysterical son was on the phone from London crying and said, Dad, let me speak to Uncle Pete, because as I found out later, he didn't want to talk to me. He, he couldn't handle it. So I handed the phone over to my brother, and I said, Pete, Mark's dead. And uh, sure enough, our nightmare began. Um, we're still, was my my wife and the kids and my sister were still out there, not knowing what was going on. And so we waited for an hour. The Padre was there. And then finally they pulled into the driveway of the cottage, and it seemed like forever when I walked out to meet them. Uh, so as they're coming out of the car with their bags, I grabbed Carol. <clears throat> Excuse me. Take your time. Take your time. And uh, one of the most difficult times in my life is I had to say, Carol, <laughs> Mark, it's not going to be home. Oh, excuse me. I said many times I wasn't going to do this again, but at that point it always gets to me. Yeah. Anyway, Carolyn collapsing at my feet with my daughter, and it was just a moment etched in my life. You know, it was a wild weekend, of course, and we traveled back to London the next day, and and then with the media and all that goes with it. Um, so it was uh, it was difficult. Um, but you know, since 2006, I can't say enough about the forces and the men and women that have met the forces. And uh, I know I went to Kandahar in 2009 with Mark's oldest boy, Josh. He had just turned legal age then, and we were able to go over. And boy, that was quite an eye-opener for us in Kandahar. But And I thought, geez, if it's like this here, what's it like outside the wire where these guys go? But you know, having said that, the military has been so good to us and helped us with our grieving process, you know, and we're so proud of the men and women today who serve and those who have served. And uh, I, I know I, forever I will be thankful to the military, for the people of London and Canada who has helped us uh, through our grief journey. It, it's It's been quite an experience for us. Well, let me just let everyone know that being a principal for 30 years, uh, Mark's dad, Carl Wilson, who we're chatting with here, was involved, of course, in numerous Remembrance celebrations. But little did you realize that Remembrance Day was to become a central focus in the lives of your own family. And here's here's a quote from, from uh, Carl. I will never forget that Thanksgiving weekend we were away when Mark died and the events of that traumatic day. As the father of a fallen soldier, I can say that remembering Mark... And all of the fallen has been so important to us and to the families of the fallen. Proudly, I can say that the citizens of Canada have been wonderful. Carl, like I think a lot of people I've spoken to over the years, when tragedy hits, eventually, most people, by the grace of God or the, the blessings of being loved or living in the country in the, in the fortunate circumstances that we have here, most people can get to the point, crawl to the point where they're able to eventually serve others. And that's what you've been able to do. Tell us about the HOPE program. 
Well, I uh, got a call after Mark passed away from somebody in a whole program. Of course, everything goes over your head. But after inquiring and meeting with a mentor, I found out they had this wonderful program that started in 2006 uh, called Hope, or Helping Our Peers by Providing Empathy. And uh, it's it's a program for military families who've lost a loved one who served in the Canadian Forces, uh, active or retired. And it could be regular, reserve, whatever. And the loss is attributed to military service or any other uh, reason. So HOPE matches trained peer volunteers, which they do to us, they train us, uh, to bereave families who may reach out for somebody to speak to. So we, we provide support and a sympathetic ear. Uh, we help them with the understanding of the grief journey and shared experiences. And so I bit with this friend from the East Coast who started the program, along with some other mothers, and I said, sure, I'll try it. But after the first training session, I was with another father who lost a son. And I said, boy, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> but, you know, it's been really rewarding. And uh, we get a call from our boss in Ottawa. And uh, we we are hooked up with a peer who wants to speak to somebody. And, you know, it's a, it's a program where we listen and uh, share experiences they want to hear. But mostly we listen. It's not about our story. It's their story. And we build relationships with these people. And uh, we usually have a peer uh, for maybe two months, a year, up to two years. It depends on the peer. And um, so that's what we do. And there's about uh, 35 or 40 of us now across Canada, mothers, fathers, spouses, girlfriends, uh, <clears throat> spouses of snowbird pilots, whatever. And we've all lost somebody. Yeah. And uh, it's a great group of people from east to west coast. And we meet two times a year for training. We have a conference call every month with our boss. Um, and then, of course, we, re- we report on our peers every month. Everything is completely confidential. My peers with whom I work, I mean, my partners in, in this venture, uh, never know who I'm working with, uh, no, don't know where they are, what they do, what they do. So it's very confidential and private. But it's rewarding. And uh, it's going through the grief process with people and uh and certainly being selfish, it's helped me with my grief, I'll tell you, going through. Yeah. Because you meet some remarkable people. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's, listen, that's a re- resiliency in, and I think a lot of Canadians, I uh, can only speak for us because we are Canadians, but I mean, I'm even thinking about, this is going to be a tough Christmas for me for uh, whatever reasons I don't really want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just sort of said to myself, well, I can either sit back and, and get sucky about it and maybe pound back a bottle of something <laughs> uh, or yeah. or I can get off my butt and get over to the hospital I'm I'm uh, one of the chaplains over there and so I signed up there was nobody signed up for Christmas Day and and I think that's uh-huh. this is right this is what we're talking about here you can sort of wallow in your despair or somehow some way right. uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking across the board here at my buddy Tim Tim is a, a high school teacher a drama teacher a history teacher and he's a remembrance day freak Tim? yes well I, I with regards to Canadians and dealing with this kind of thing I just remember um, I can't remember which news outlet in the states it was but it was during the Olympics and they were amazed at the highway of heroes and uh, they did this whole big documentary like a 10 minute little thing on on how amazed they were that these Canadians had this thing where complete strangers would just show up on bridges. Mm. Yeah, it just, yeah, I think it speaks to a lot of things about us Canadians. Carl, let me ask you a question. Remembrance Day being today, of course, what are we still not getting? 
as a father of a fallen soldier, what are we not getting? Um, well, my experience here has been pretty positive. But, but to your point that you're making, I was with a father the other day in another city, I won't mention it, and he said he's so disappointed that people not wearing a poppy, not doing this, not doing that. I've had the opposite experience, so I, I've been very grateful. But, you know, as a former principal in that, and uh, I'm really impressed with the young people that come to our services. I know during the, the school day, uh, young people have their own service, but even today, youngsters we see out today, I know it's a Saturday, but I, I think things are getting better, and, and I find ever since Afghanistan happened, I might be selfish saying that, but ever since that, there seems to be renewal in people to me. There seems to be more and more people out at cenotaphs and, and celebrating a Remembrance Day. So, And I'll tell you, to all the families that I know of fallen soldiers, and I know quite a few of them now, the big word is remembering. It, I, I never realized how important it was to these families. Hmm. They just want my daughter, my son, remembered. Yeah, man. All right, two things I want to talk about before we before we say goodbye here, Carl. The website that you want to tell people about in regards to the program, the HOPE program that you work with. What is the website again? If, if they just uh, Google HOPE, I don't have the website in front of me, unfortunately. Okay, okay. I'm, in, I'm in another part of the house. Well, let me, but, let me tell our listeners here, if you go to our website, drewmarshall.ca, and click on today's show, it says today's show or next show or something like that. I don't even know what it says on my own website. Um, you'll, uh, see, you'll see the rundown of all of our guests, and you'll, you'll be able to click on the link that can take you to the HOPE program. So we've got it posted there. Right, that's great. And you'll read a couple of uh, editorials by a couple of our people and uh, oh. their experience with the program. It's pretty good. 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 Um, okay. Just finally, because really, look, you're on the show today to to help all of us remember your son. Mm-hmm. If I was to meet Mark at the pub, what would I like about him? Well, his smile. <laughs> his smile was infectious. And uh, he's a, a really outdoorsy guy and uh, He'd be the first one to give you a hug. That's the type of guy he was. Hmm. Couple of good memories. Let's say now you and I are chatting over a pint. Mm-hmm. Give me some memories that you have of, of your boy. I remember the days fishing with him. <clears throat> um, I remember his enthusiasm for outside, outdoors. I remember his lack of fear of snakes. <laughs> uh, and that might sound funny, but once I lost him in a pet shop and I said, did you see my son? He, they said, he's at the back of the store with a 10-foot python wrapped around him. So I said, Mark, you got to go. It's Dad. Come on, let's go. No, I'm not moving, Dad. Oh, he had this thing with snakes, which drove me crazy. Oh. But anyway. Oh, boy. But he was quite a character. He was quite a character. And I was so proud of the things that he did in the military and, and the stories that his buddies, whom I'm in contact with, by the way, uh, keep telling me. It, it's been great. They did a documentary on, on him, his buddies, uh, when he died and they sent it along to us. They were still in Afghanistan. It was wonderful to see. They had real good memories. Hmm. What do you think he'd be doing if he was alive today? He'd be trying to get up the ladder. He always wanted to to be, uh, you know, a sergeant. And then he wanted to be this and wanted to be a lieutenant. And that was his aim. But uh, anyway, that's that's the way he was. But uh, like I said, when the towers went down, he said, that's it. 
I'm Johnny. Hmm. I'm Johnny. And he used to write home, and then we'd send packages over through the resource center here, and all he wanted was pencils, erasers, paper, this and that for the kids as yeah. he met them, yeah. and uh, that type of thing. Carl, your last conversation with Mark. Tell us about that. Um, uh, he had access to this field phone a lot because he was with his major. Uh, but anyway, it was just his two friends, one from Owen Sound, one from Newfoundland, had just been killed. And he just said, Dad, here I am. And he said, all I've got is heat and stinky feet. And he, and he was kind of teary, about, of course, about his two buddies. But uh, then he stopped and he said, Dad, I, I almost got it the other day. It hit the G-Wagon. We knew there were rockets coming in, and it just missed us by a little bit. But he said, oh, well, okay, Dad. I'm a bit down right now, but, you know, take care and have good luck fishing tomorrow. That was the last conversation I had. Well, look, I I feel like saying something, and it's not going to come out right. It's going to sound cheesy. It's going to sound trite. I don't know you. Uh, You're a guest on a radio show today. But the things that you've shared and the things that have been shared with me during today's Remembrance Day show, I cannot, I mean, I want to say thank you. You, Thank you. you no, the, the the sacrifice of your family, that's what this is all about. We have privileges because of the sacrifice of your family, Carl. Thank you. Anyway. I wa- yeah, I want to thank you. It's, it's great, and thanks for listening. I appreciate your time. Good to chat with okay. you, Carl. You, you guys have a good day, and have that pint now. You got it. You got it. Thank you, sir. All right. Pleasure Bye-bye. to chat with you. Bye-bye.